Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So what do you want to talk about? That's the Cody Rhodes tagline, but I figured it was appropriate today. Took some time off after WrestleMania. Naturally, on Monday morning, there's the biggest pro wrestling news story in years. WWE, the direct descendant of the McMahon's New York promotion through Jess McMahon and then Vince McMahon with the Capital Wrestling Corporation to current Vince McMahon with the WWF into the WWE announced a merger with Endeavor and UFC that splits WWE and UFC off into its own company. What does this mean? Well, if there's anyone I know who knows WWE and UFC inside and out, it's Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and F4WOnline.com. Always thrilled to have Dave on the program as he's a great example of anyone of how to report a beat if you're a reporter. There are plenty others out there in wrestling media, but he's been doing it the longest. And it's still a very good example to follow. So here we go with everything on the WWE UFC merger with the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer. So honored to be joined by a pioneer in sports journalism, the author and editor of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, the one and only Dave Meltzer. Dave, there's been some absolutely huge news across the pro wrestling and combat sports businesses in the last few weeks. Oh my God, to say the least. Seriously, of course, it had to happen like right in the middle of it. I was taking time off, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me to, to break it down today. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah. So I thought when I first saw you report what the nature of that Endeavor deal might be, that it was a no-brainer, that it would increase value of WWE. And also for me, it was like they wouldn't be owned by the Saudi government. Was who was in the deal? Was, was it a surprise to you that they ended up with Endeavor and UFC? I mean, only because Ari Emanuel kept saying that uh, they weren't going to get it because they didn't want to increase debt. And I mean, it was a sleight of hand in the sense that, no, they didn't buy it. They created a company and merged. So they spent no money and increased no debt while gaining uh, the majority interest in the company. So, um, you know, um, yeah, it's, it was a surprise to me only because of what Ariel Emanuel had said, you know, several times. You know that um, it's a great company, but we're not interested in buying, which was which was a sleight of hand because they were working on a deal which didn't include buying it. Yeah. As soon as I saw it in the Observer, the way that you noted it, that it would split off into its own separate company. I said, well, I think that's it. I didn't know that it was going to happen that fast. But I, I guess with the nature of the way media works, it should have been natural to see it happen right at the end of WrestleMania that, yep, they're going to position this to get the right amount of, you know, media interest in it and stuff like that after after a huge WrestleMania also. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that, that actually that that was a fortuitous timing in the sense that um, the deal really did come together in the last couple of weeks, you know, really the last, you know, two weeks um there and you know liberty media was also involved you know in in some serious bidding for it and um i think that yeah they probably wanted to finalize it so it could be that week but in some ways that was also kind of a coincidence you know in the sense that it wasn't like they had a deal like a month ago and it's like hey we're going to announce it wrestlemania week it was like they had a deal and they were working on it and then it was just like okay um we'll go with it you know wrestlemania week because the timing worked out yeah what do you think will be the the biggest effects on wwe in the upcoming merger and and, and what's kind of the the feeling over there right now well i mean from following obviously you know endeavor took over ufc in 2016 and i remember that very well and i mean as far as the product itself goes i don't expect like for the fans to notice a big difference at all um I think that from an office standpoint, it will be huge because there's going to be a lot of layoffs and things like that. And there'll be people who will 
um, you know, I mean, that's what happened with, with UFC. You know, lots and lots of people were, were laid off. Um, it will be run more and more and more for high profitability. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, there'll be there'll be office restructuring. There will be people who, um, you know, Vince McMahon may have wanted to always take care of um, that. He would not have the power to to do that, you know, like he would have had before. I mean, the, the big examples I can give in UFC is um, Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes were told, you know, when they retired, they had jobs for life. And as soon as the company was sold, they no longer had jobs there because those promises were made by Lorenzo Fertitta and Dana White, and they were no longer in control of that aspect of the of the business. Yeah, and pretty much any time you see a merger, especially with publicly traded companies, you know, it's almost natural that the that the, the cuts are going to happen. It, it happens yes. literally all the time. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if I was working for WWE, I would be um, in the front office. I would be nervous, um, especially if it's the kind of a job that somebody from uh, UFC could do with both. You know, in certain there's certain departments where you know you could use those departments, and you know. Um, you know, and, and kind of consolidate those departments in, in, in certain ways. Um, and that will benefit both companies in the sense of making deals and opening up deals and making connections and things like that. Um, if one company had a good connection, or another company had a good connection. They now both companies in theory would have that good connection or, you know, to like foreign governments or for television stations, you know, across the board. Plus, you got Area Manuel who with his connections as well. So, I mean, you're going to I think from that standpoint, you know, as far as um you know, business dealings, I think that there will be more for both companies, um, you know, like like the Saudi deal or the Abu Dhabi deal or, you know, shows in foreign markets that are paid for, like the WWE deal in Puerto Rico. I think we'll be seeing more and more of those like like used to happen with and still does with boxing, where, you know, the, the city is going to pay them to come as opposed to them putting up all, you know, taking all the risk and promoting shows in in markets more and more, especially for the big shows. What about the wrestlers? Because it seems like with this deal that, you know, WWE will have the ability to they already do have the ability to pay them probably more than anybody else in the market. But, you know, now it should be probably even more that they can pretty much have whoever they want. But at the same time, it's just going to matter. Like, who are they looking at? Like, do the wrestlers have things to be worried about as, as a merger is going on, too, in terms of cuts? Um. I think a marginal wrestler, maybe I don't expect a lot of talent cuts and certainly not. I don't think that you're going to be seeing like, um, say, the big names um, get cut because of high salaries, which could happen in another business. I don't expect that. I think for wrestling stars, you know, top stars, I would say no uh, marginal. You know, it's possible. I think that remains to be seen. Um, but I don't see them having, um, you know, like it's the same, I would say, in UFC In UFC. Um, it's not like. You know, the the top guys are not um, getting paid appreciably better, but they are getting paid better as as revenues go up. I think that you'll see salaries go up, but probably not to the same degree as revenues because they're going to want to keep the whole thing is just to build this profit margin and and yeah. lower. But the thing with with the with the WWE talent is, is that most talent is not unhappy with what they're making, which is not the same as UFC where almost everyone is, right? Um, you know, it's like they, they, they look at it like, what could I make somewhere else? Whereas UFC talent will look, looks at it because they're doing real fighting and going like, look at what boxers make that, that bring in the same amount of revenue. We're so underpaid. So, um, I don't see, um, you know, I mean, for the, it remains to be seen, but I don't think it's going to be a big thing for the name wrestlers as far as, 
will this new company want as many people in developmental as as they were having? Um, that's a possibility. You know, I mean, like for the marginal guys, yes, it, it could mean something, but we don't know yet. What about UFC? I mean, uh, I, just w- were there any obvious changes to you when Endeavor, when Endeavor took over UFC that were immediately impacting the business outside of like, you know, you mentioned Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes and some other Joe Silva. I know you, you, you'd mentioned before, um, you know, ended up out of the company. But were there any other big obvious changes as, as Endeavor took over that? Well, with Joe, you know, Joe boost his own decision to leave. Um, but oh, OK. But- but as far as um, yeah, and there was, but there were a lot of executives that were let go. I mean, as far as from a fan standpoint, I didn't notice a difference going to UFC um, or following UFC afterwards. But as far as people who I know in the company that were let go, yeah, I knew a lot of people that were let go, and you know, so so I I presume it's going to end up the same way with WWE. In what ways? Uh, I was trying to look at this from a couple of different angles. In what ways can WWE help UFC? What do they do well? that might translate well to what UFC is doing? I don't think, um, I don't think from a product standpoint, we're going to see a change in UFC, but I do think that, um, again, I think that there there are probably doors in certain business things that WWE has opened that now will be open to UFC. And again, like, you know, whether, whether it's, contacts with with foreign promoters or mm-hmm. or distri- you know merchandise distributors distributors around the world or you know television stations um that they have deals with that maybe ufc can jump in and try to get deals with as well um so that's where i would see it you know not not in the in the like in the presentation of the product i don't see ufc changing the presentation of their product at all uh based on this merger but business-wise i expect i expect business um you know business benefits for both sides yeah, kind of the promotions and, you know, in just the uh, the partnerships, too. Like, you know, yeah. would that be something that you think UFC could probably really help WWE on? I mean, it's the idea in the sense that UFC has done better with sponsorships than WWE. Um, so um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I kind of think that the, the production and the production values of WWE are something people always kind of knock now. You know, you always see the thing about the shaking cameras and everything like that yeah. when people criticize it. But production is something that WWE has always been so many steps ahead on, you know, through the history. That's kind of how they built their company was always putting money back into production. Yes. So I, I would think there's got to be some aspect of that that if, from at least a i want to pick your brain about why you do this or why you do that 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 could benefit ufc in some ways to kind of look at the wwe production model a little bit um yeah i mean minor things but i i, I mean i don't think ufc doesn't want to look like wwe right you want one to look like sports and one to look like right wrestling. Right. right but 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 could people give tips back and forth of course yeah, yeah. And, and it makes it much easier sure who do you see as the most important person to this on the WWE side of things and, and why? In what sense? You mean like Vince McMahon, who's number one? You know, you know, I mean, in the in the hierarchy. So I guess Vince McMahon. Yeah. So he, he, he then, you know, amazingly, after everything that's happened, he ends up basically being pretty much in charge, but not totally in charge. I mean, it's just the way that it seems to be structured now. Right. I mean, um, I mean, he's in power and he's going to stay in power. But he's not autonomous um, or anything like that. And he he can be replaced. You know, I mean, the thing is, I mean, in, in the contract, they can re- they they can replace him and he would not have the power to bully his way back in like he did the last time. 
but they, I don't think that they're looking at replacing him um, because look, it's like, is anything going to come out worse than, than the Rita Chatterton thing? You know what I mean? I mean, that's as bad as it gets and he's already yeah. there. So, I mean, whatever happens next, you know, like with Dana, it's like, you know, they're, and I don't want to say untouchable because there's always things that could get them, but um, the leniency on both of those guys is really high. So I don't, I, I mean, it just seems like Ari Emanuel just wants Dana and Vince in those positions and, and he's willing to, you know, just say like, whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, whatever happened, happened, and we're not worrying about it. I just kind of thought with this, it's like, you know, if we, all of this stuff has already come out about McMahon and it's been so much of it that, you know, it's natural that, the, that there's probably more out there, you know, and, and not having him, you know, like you said, he can't get himself back on if, if they ended up get, getting rid of him. So, yeah. You, do you see any scenario where he finds his way out or do you do you think he wants to slow down at all? Because that's the other thing, too. It seems like he's sort of back and sort of not at the same time just he's not as back as he was like like uh eight months ago where he was really running creative and everything and i don't i mean like look time will tell i don't i think that you know number one um most people are happier with the creative with him out of it and and also the creative is more successful than it was when he was there Right. So, I mean, the numbers back that up. You can just look at the numbers, the, the arena gates and, and just the viewership of, of the different big shows and the ratings and everything. They're all up since Vince is gone. So um, if you're, you know, area manual, you don't want to change what is going up or what is at a higher level. Um, but, you know, will Vince be there, you know, and, 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 and help make decisions as far as who the world champion is? Of course, he's going to do that. You know, but I see it as. um you know, I, I don't see Vince like changing, you know, things, you know, minor things. But as far as having input on big things, um, you know, he's always going to, you know, and, he, and you know, again, because and look, the guy's his son-in-law. He's going to give him advice and the guy's going to take the advice. And ultimately, ultimately, Vince does have the power. Yeah. I think at least the fact that it's his son-in-law, you would hope that he'd have a you know a little bit better relationship that he's maybe had with other people in similar type roles. But he's yeah. never really he's never really had this dynamic before. But he has worked really well as an editor for you know good idea people in the past too. If you look at like Vince Russo, had the way that his him and Vince Russo's dynamic worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a completely different thing. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is not you know Triple H is not a guy throwing out a whole bunch of crazy ideas and like you pick three <laughs> good ones of them. I mean, Triple H is is pretty nuts and bolts when it comes. To, to wrestling you know i mean i don't watch it and go like oh god this is ridiculous um yeah. you know i mean he's i i mean he's really solidified it i think he's done a a, a great job especially with you get that three-hour monday show which is so yeah. hard to keep interest for three hours it's just too long but he's done about as good a job as you're going to do and it's been creatively and financially successful you know year over year you you, you know, like you said you look They're at the numbers and it, it's it's doing well so there's no reason to make a change and it's probably also kind of uh kind of brought him back to where he maybe wasn't with the the way that NXT performed against uh AEW previously previously yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely resurrected his uh you know, his booking reputation because um you know, and it was again, the NXT um AEW thing, you know, there's a million factors that yeah. went into that, but this one, you know, where where they were AEW had certain advantages and now WWE has the certain advantages and yeah, they're pulling away and um, AW is uh, trying to rebuild. I mean, AW's got a lot of big stuff coming up this summer, you know, yeah. a lot of big things that are probably major changes. And we'll, so right now where they are right now doesn't really, you know, it's, it's not necessarily indicative of what's going to be in the fall, but in the fall, I think that uh, 
we'll see if they're up or down or in the middle or whatever. But WWE is still on the ascent. Um, I mean, they had a really strong um, WrestleMania and the, the, you know, the, the numbers, TV numbers are strong. The arena numbers are strong. Do you think if the rights fees for WWE are, you know, do, do you think that's going to impact what ends up happening with AEW with theirs uh, in any way? I, I'm trying to come up with what the impacts exactly on this would be for AEW. It's hard because, you know, I mean, with WBD and everything being in that weird state, too. Um, I mean, in theory, if WWE <clears throat> gets double what they're getting, AEW can go look at this and go like, hey, you know, we... <clears throat> we're you know look at look at what the going rate is for wrestling and um you know look at it you know in that in that way um i don't think it it hurts AEW um if it was a situation where AEW is being bid on by you know rights fees are being bid on by a bunch of people i think it would help them the higher the WWE rights fees it kind of gives wrestling a certain level and go like hey we're the number 2 wrestling and we can give you maybe not as bigger ratings but um we can give you big ratings for much less cost and if you want to get into the wrestling game um you know we're a good option but if you know w wbd and aw are very closely tied so i don't know if you're going to get that bidding war um coming up in whether it's this year or next year um to where you can really balloon those numbers based on playing one side against the other which wwe is able to do it's crazy just with these two gigantic corporate mergers both happening within the two-year span how much how much impact it has on everybody yeah. um the other thing i was thinking of i know tony khan would you know was getting so upset about you know basically being run competition against him on pretty much every weekend that he was picking but now you know if and when this goes through wwe and ufc can work together and strategize to make sure that there's shows every weekend that AEW. Well, if AEW gets a Saturday night show, they're going to go against UFC almost every single Saturday night. Right. So, so, and when it comes to um, big shows, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see UFC changing its schedule to go against AEW and give them competition. WWE, um, you know, obviously they've been doing that lately. And, um, you know, Ari will make a decision whether they continue to do that or not. That will probably be, you know, fall into his parameters. So I don't know what his mentality will be on that. Um, but yeah, right now, obviously, you know, obviously they're, they're they put the NXT show head to head with um, the next AW pay per view. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. It, what's good about all of it, though, too, the way that you know, the, for the actual products, like they're both pushing each other so much to be good, and both shows are you know giving us great matches pretty much whenever we want them i mean we're getting we're getting a lot of great matches on television yeah yeah i mean wrestlemania just the percentage of great i think you noted that in last week's observer it was just the, the percentage of great matches just it was unprecedented almost for wrestlemania yeah 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 i think so i think we had some of the best matches in wrestlemania history um on those two days and um the first show was i think maybe the best wrestlemania show um the second night um, wasn't wasn't far behind. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a WrestleMania was a gigantic success in the ring, gigantic success business wise, real high for the company. Is AEW booking too many shows or does that even matter right now with what the demand for content is? Um, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to Friday um, if they go and get the Saturday show, which it looks like they're going to get. Um, 
three shows a week plus ring of honor yeah it's 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 a lot it's a lot to consume but it's it's like um whatever they get on television and get paid for it's similar to wwe you know it's like it's that's what the business is and it's worth it if you yeah yeah it's worth it if you're getting paid it's like the third hour of raw it's like look you know they're getting um whatever it would be you know if you you figure it out like um you know 90 million dollars a year for that third hour of raw yeah is it too much of course it is we all know it is but that 90 million dollars a year just domestically let alone you know adding in overseas numbers that you that you're getting for it it's like it's um it's just the nature of of where the business is going um the business is going to be about generating content and selling content to television stations that are more and more desperate for things that will draw you know, a decent number. You don't have to draw the numbers that you were drawn 10 years ago. Nobody's expecting them. And wrestling is, is, um, you know, wrestling is, is better than most at holding its numbers um, for year, for year on year on year. So um, we'll be seeing, I expect that we'll be seeing more and more content from everyone. Um, And it'd be harder and harder to keep up for the fans, which hurts. But, um, and sometimes you go like, well, if you run off the fans in the long run, it's not a good thing. But so far those rights increases, by keep going up, uh, make a lot more difference than the, um, you know, the money that you lose by perhaps having a lower fan base and lower number of hardcore fans because they can't keep up with everything. Yeah. And I remember the last time we talked, it was around the time of the initial McMahon allegations. That was when I, when I called you for this the first time and you, you, you had mentioned at the time you thought WWE should sell to NBC universal. So much yes. has changed since then. It's- I still think that, that Comcast, if they were really, if Comcast thought this was a, a, a long-term play, I mean, it would be so valuable for them to buy it, but they were not even in in the serious discussions to buy it. So, whatever that means for them, what what you know from what they think of long term, um, you know, you what what the USA Network is long term. Like if everything was staying the same, they should have bought this thing. Yeah, um, but obviously they think that lots is changing, and it was not worth it to buy this thing because. But but now to keep it, these these rights fees are going to go up and up and up and up up. But maybe they're thinking that, hey, um, you know, it's going to take, ten, let's say, 10 years to to make it worthwhile. Maybe they're sitting there going like, you know, in 10 years, are we is it going to be a USA network? You know, are we going to be paying this kind of money for this or is it just going to be is things going to change so much that it's just not worth it? And obviously that's the call that they made. Yeah, it's it's interesting that so many of those, you know, carriers nbc and the you know other streaming places like that kind of just they seem to be backing off from you know owning their own content in some cases and, and it's this, just, is, this is this is great content to own you know so um because it's not just the tv but it's the, the library and the history and everything like that but you know i mean for whatever reason you know it was not something that uh it was not something that they wanted to own bad enough um, because they were the most logical. And Fox was logical, too. You know, I mean, Fox could have added Raw to the schedule and Raw would do you know better than Fox programming on Monday. But, you know, again, the uncertainty about the future of television versus streaming, um, you know, probably made that purchase less of a given than had there been no uncertainty at all, like if we were a few years ago. But, um, you know, from a WWE standpoint, I think that the the growth of streaming in their minds gives them more leverage to get a bigger television deal. And that hurts those networks trying to keep the programming. And I I think they had some early lessons on streaming too, because they were in the over the top game so early, Um, you know, so they got to firsthand see how hard it is and then see how much they could benefit from it. Once they made the big deal with, uh, with Peacock to see. The Peacock deal was a fantastic deal. Yeah. For them. 
Is Nick Khan the most important hire WWE's ever made on the business side of things? Yes, I would say so. But um, three billion what, between the three deals that he negotiated. I mean, between these deals and everything, and the growth of the company. Um, you know, I mean, like that. You know, you you could maybe say some of the guys in the early days of the company in getting it, you know, national and things like that. But I mean, as far as once the company was mature and national, uh, Nikon definitely, definitely. I mean, he's generated so much money for them, and um, you know, um, yes, I would say I would I would say that without reservation. And do you see any uh, any dynamic at all between Vince McMahon and Dana White that might emerge out of any of this? Are they going to have to work together at all? Uh, does Vince have any oversight over Dana? Or I mean, in theory, when you look at like he's the chairman of the board of the company that own that you know is running UFC, but I think Dana and Vince, there's a respect from there to a degree, and I don't, I see Vince staying out of the UFC business. So, I mean, in theory, I mean, if Vince had a night, you know, yeah, I don't see Vince. I don't see Vince dabbling in UFC, so I don't see anything there. And Dana's not going to say anything bad about Vince and Vince isn't going to say anything bad about Dana. I don't think, you know, I mean, um, I mean, they are hotheads, um, especially <laughs> Dana. So you never know. But I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't see, you know, again, you know, they're, they're interesting characters. And I yeah. mean, they, they're, you know, they they're. They're, they're, they're both they both could blow up you know what i mean but i don't see them blowing up at each other just because i don't see them um you know dane is definitely not going to melt you know do anything when it comes to the pro wrestling business he ain't going to touch it at all um and vince i don't think is going to touch the ufc business so the odds of them you know butting heads are are slim the other thing i was thinking about wwe taking such broad strokes on talent recruiting with the nil and scouting other sports and colleges and, and all these college visits and stuff that they've done stuff like that could you see a scenario where the fighters who might be struggling in ufc might get a path to try something else if they check the right boxes for wwe um you can they can already do that now um but i mean as far as i i don't see this making it necessarily easier um, what I see to be easier is if there's like a guy like a Conor McGregor who becomes a, a huge UFC star and WWE wants to put him on a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania, I see that path being much easier now than it would have been in the past. But as far as like, say, yeah, a, a UFC fighter who thinks that they can go to WWE. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be a little easier, but I don't see that process changing too much because. Um, you know, WWE has recruited MMA fighters that are interested in the past. Um, not a lot, but, you know, um, if they have the right look and they have the right size and everything like that, um, you know, I think WWE likes the idea of their wrestlers being, you know, athletic with an athletic background, um, obviously based on who they're scouting and recruiting. So um, it could be a little bit easier. You know, um, I don't see from a wrestling standpoint, I don't see. Uh, wrestlers wanting to go to UFC, um, you know, from WWE, you know, maybe a developmental guy. I mean, I suppose a Gable Stevenson, but he could go, he could go anyway. Yeah. What about Logan Paul? (laughs) You know, if Logan Paul wants to do UFC, he'll probably get it. You know, it'd be a tough one. Um, But, um, you know, I wouldn't rule out the, the possibility of that happening. If he wants to do it, he has a wrestling background, a little bit of a boxing background. Um, you know, if that's what he wants, you know, he's, you know, but I don't know that, 
I don't know that this makes it easier. You know, yeah. he, you know, you know, but but he kind of call he can call his own shots. He can call his right. own number. You know, right, right, and probably negotiate his own number also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to move on to something we call the three count. Now it's going to be three uh, relatively quick questions and your answers. So the first one, aside from Vince McMahon, in your opinion, who has or had the best mustache in pro wrestling? Oh, geez, man, Baron Leone or somebody or Dutch Mantel. I don't know. <laughs> Those are both pretty good ones. <laughs> um, second question. What is the uh, what's the best first time ever main event match left? in wrestling now that hasn't happened yet oh boy um uh that's a hard one right now because we just did um oh um man 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 let me think about this one um because we just did omega and vikingo um which would have been pretty high on my list um oh man um that's really a that's really a hard question. Um, Brian Danielson and um, Will Osprey. How's that? Ooh, yeah, that would be really good. Um, where my mind goes on those is like, you know, you, you obviously everybody's going to be talking about Omega and the Bucks and where they're going and what they're doing in the future. But my goodness, you could probably print money if you had Roman Reigns against Kenny Omega. Um. Yeah, in a different in a different way. If Kenny Omega went over there, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would and be the other side that would of that be, was that would was be that, a big, add, that would be a big one for sure. Yeah, I'd add the tag teams in that too. If you were able to, ever able to do Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Kenny, Kenny and Omega Bucks. and the Young Bucks and the Trios, um, you know, I mean, it's yeah, that's that's real big. But um, yeah, it'd be real big for WWE. Sure, you know, I mean, I mean, one of the things that we learned with Cody Rhodes is that that stuff, if anything. Uh, someone from AEW that's at the top level jumping over, um, you know, it's not like those fans aren't going to know who he is and they're not, they're not going to, or they're going to be mad at him for being AEW. If anything, it shows that um, those kind of jumps um, at least right now are probably going to be, would be super valuable to WWE just as going in the other direction. I think yeah. jumps would be super valuable to AEW. And hopefully, you know, the wrestlers get the best deal out of it, you know, because well, 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 wrestlers right now that, that there's contracts are due. If they're top, top guys, they're in a, they're in a really good position right now. The best position they've been in, in since the WCW days, you know, because you've got two companies and they're both willing to pay a lot of money. And I, I'm presuming with AEW adding television, that that means they're getting more money from television with, with more money they have to, to, to do that, that then Tony Khan has more money to spend on talent and WWE has ridiculous amount of money to spend on talent if they want. So, um, yeah, it's a good time to um, be a top guy and have your contract run out. Some guys will probably just stay with their company. But I think that the smart thing to do is is let your contract uh, go or or make sure you get a great, great deal to sign because the open market is it can be a really good place. If you are if you are a top guy in demand, the open market will be a great place for um, for a wrestler uh, coming up, I think. I'll say that I actually I think I'm in the minority on this among fans, but I actually did agree with Roman beating Cody at WrestleMania. So uh, just because I thought that Superman shouldn't beat Roman Reigns to end that title reign. I think as a good protagonist, you need some more obstacles to get like, you know, just maybe I'm viewing him too much as Dusty Rhodes 
exact style of a baby face, but like him being undefeated to me, it was like, that's not how you beat Roman Reigns. I, I want to see him overcome some things first and well, then beat Roman Reigns. Time, time will tell. You know, I'm not, I don't have a closed mind on this one at all. It's like, yeah. I, I thought the time was right to do it, but if they can create a better time to do it even more effectively, I mean, the impetus is on them. I mean, they yeah. basically said that it's like, okay, now you, you, you said this, now you got to uh, tell the story. You got to tell the story to make it even bigger. And it's not impossible, but it, I think it's difficult. And there's so many big shows and stadiums and everything coming up soon, too. That was my other thought. It was like you you can recreate at least the size almost. Well, you can you, you can create you can create a stadium show. And yeah. absolutely. And you can if you have nothing else for next year's WrestleMania, you can create it next year's WrestleMania. The question is, can you keep the heat for another year? Um and, you know, to where it's just as big and that's keeping something going for a year is not impossible, but it's very difficult. Yeah. Injuries, commitment, you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And then that last question, what do you remember best about the first wrestling card you ever attended? You know, it's in 1971. Um, I mean, I remember I remember it was wild and I had a really good time. You know, it was uh, Pat Patterson. And uh, superstar Billy Graham and Paul DeMarco and Ray Stevens, Peter Maivia and Rocky Johnson. And um, I believe Tony Parisi and um, Mighty Brutus, who was later Bugsy McGraw. And um, God, I don't remember what the opener was, um, but it was a three match show. And the main event was two out of three falls and really wild. And, you know, it made me want to go back. I remember that. And it was uh, I had a great, great time at the first show I ever went to. What venue was that? San Jose Civic Auditorium. Very, very nice. My, my first show ever was in September of 88 at the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, wow. So, November of 88. I'm sorry. So it was uh, Warrior versus Honky Tonk. We had the rematch. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and the Brother Love Show live. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you my main event was better than yours. Yeah. Uh, there were some fun little hidden gems on mine, though. I've, I've looked back at the card. I think the first show, the first match I ever saw was actually Owen Hart as the Blue Blazer against um what was it it was probably danny davis or somebody like that yeah but they also had like singles matches with the heart foundation against the rujos but i mean i was i was uh what was i eight seven i was seven yeah. wow <laughs> so <laughs> so dave thank you so much for joining me today on uh, under the ring pro wrestling conversations i always enjoy catching up with you and I, everybody should check out the wrestling observer newsletter and f4w online because there's, there's nothing better uh, out there for information thanks very much appreciate it Thanks again, everyone, for joining us this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter for joining us this week. Pay attention to social media at Under the Ring for the latest guest announcements. Have a great week, everyone.